Hey, just quickly before we get started, we have a website called constructionsecrets.io. It's our website where we've got free training, free videos, free everything that you need to become a contractually savvy construction company. So basically sign better contracts with lower risk and um, that you've got more of a chance of making more profit on your, on your projects um, and ultimately stay in business over the long term. So go to constructionsecrets.io, consume all of that stuff and be a better construction company. And now let's get on the show. Hi everyone, this is Tekla. I'm client success manager at Quantum. Ken's away at the moment, so I'm stepping in for the quick introduction to this video. This is the interview of Ken from the Connecting Industry podcast, where he talks about being a laborer, 33% uh, of margins, and the impact of the risk, as well as giving out some of the best book advices for the risk management. So we create these videos for our channels because we want to do our part in preventing construction companies going out of the business. We hope that by tuning into our podcast, you can upgrade your knowledge in contractual matters and just run the successful construction companies. So welcome Ken to the Connecting Industry Podcast. How are you doing Kieran? Are you well? Yeah, it's not too bad. Another great day. And uh, oh, before we start, I actually would like to get into, before we start on the business, I would actually like to get into a little bit about you and how you moved into the work that you do do at this time and so I can see from of course LinkedIn we all stalk people on LinkedIn these days mm. but I can see that uh, you're a quantity surveyor and over in Dublin as well so tell us a little bit about how you moved into that moved into the construction industry and so forth before we move into the business that you do do yep um okay so um I was in construction basically from from 12 or 13 um my father had me on construction sites. Um, you know, he he knew a lot of builders, and he, you know, basically, I don't, I don't know how he organized it, but he, I don't know, was he paying them to give me a job or or, or whatever it was? But he wanted me to work, and um, I worked as a laborer, um, you know, with my cousin specifically on building sites, sweeping up stuff, being um, a builder, a, a brickies. Um, tradie basically or a brickies laborer beside him like getting all the mortar ready for him um, and then just generally doing odd jobs around construction sites and, and getting paid peanuts peanuts for the pleasure um, and I, I, that was that was uh, that was great um, it really got um, myself and my cousin into uh, we used to do it every every summer um, when we weren't in school and it got us into kind of what hard work looked like um, from a very young age which was which was great um, and my grandfather was in construction as well. He had a construction company in Galway. Um, and when he died, it said um, on the newspaper, the man who built Galway. So he built uh, like some of the main schools in Galway, some of those um, uh, churches, um, those big water tower. Um, so he was quite well known. Um, I think he was head of the, um, the Contractors Federation in, in Ireland too. And so I always wanted to go into construction. I didn't construction. I didn't really know how. And the advice that was given to me was to not be a contractor or a subcontractor, to go into client side. And almost the quantity surveying or the construction economics and management degree was kind of almost, you know, here's a good degree to get into construction. And from there, you can kind of go anywhere, right? It's going to give you a good understanding of um, the, the the costing side of construction 
And that was advice that was given to me very early on and definitely advice that I would pass on to people who are looking to do well in construction is really if the closer you can get to the money in construction and um, from a job point of view the, the higher paid you're going to be and the more influential you're going to be so as a quantity surveyor um the really you're in charge of cost right and so people will you know depending on what country you're you're in um and they um the terminology gets changed all the time so if it's in in ireland and australia quantity surveyors people know exactly what that means uh, in the US, it might be a commercial manager or a contracts administrator or whatever it happens to be. Um, and so a good quantity surveyor uh, understands drawings, right? So can interpret drawings to cost things up, but can also interpret contracts to say this, this clause in this contract is going to impact you this way and understand the mechanisms of the contract and how the contract will play out in the post-award phase. That's what a good quantities of air contracts administrator, contract manager should be able to do. And it was that side that really interested me. I really enjoyed the contracts. So, okay, so you moved into that. I just want to go back a little bit again there in mm. relation to, you, know, you saw your father and you saw your uncle and so forth working on building sites, had their own companies. Now, as you said, be closer to the money. So you chose correctly in that respect for yourself and been able to move forward. And and as we get into the business and you, you help a lot of contractors to uh, tier two contractors and so forth with contracts. But did you see anything? Were you influenced at any time at a young age seeing maybe what your father said to you or your uncle said to you about watching those contractors being um, you know, moving into contracts, being ripped off for one, losing money, losing their businesses. Did anything influence you then at a young age? Yeah, actually, at a, at a, I, I remember having discussions because, and I, did, I mean, this is a maybe this is a bit of a family thing. Is that so? My once my I think my dad always said to me. My dad actually didn't have anything. He was a chartered accountant, so he didn't have anything to do with construction. But he's very smart um, from a financial point of view. And he always told me from a young age, well, your granddad was very simple. He he split his costings into 33% uh, materials, 33% labor, 33% profit. If it didn't make those percentages, he just didn't do it, right? And that actually is is sage advice, right? And I do think my, my, uh, my father's older brother um, came in and he took over the company when my granddad died. And it didn't go well, and they went they went out of business. And so I knew that story from an early age, as in like, hmm, risk is very important. Going, you know, um, if you know, it, it, construction. Now I know now, construction is is managing risk and not taking over the top risks. Okay, so there's, you know, there's there's three really good books I read. There's a there's a guy called um, Michael Masterson uh, wrote a book called Ready Fire Aim. It's about growing growing businesses in general. There's another book called a guy by Keith uh, Cunningham, which is um, The Road Less Stupid, and obviously Warren Buffett. Right. So all of these three people say the same thing that it's all about the downside risk. So most people will and uh, most businesses will always kind of grow up the way, right? Grow. But the difference between businesses that that continue to grow and stay in business is the downsides and so if you are a type of construction company that is always taking on risky contracts there will be a moment in time where there's a downside and it's that downside how that impacts you and if you're taking on risky contracts the downside is huge and you don't recover 
and then so the trajectory is gone. You've lost your, your upward trajectory and that's the difference. Whereas the guys that are really concerned with their risks, companies that um, have been in business a long, long time, when the downside happens, it's just a blip and then they continue up. Little blip, continue up. Um, and it, that's that's the philosophy of all of these really intelligent people and, and that's, for me, that's, that's, that's the way to go about doing it. Hey, so we'll get back to the pod in two seconds. And so if you're getting some value from this or you're enjoying it and you think there's other people in the construction industry that would also, please just use your thumb, share it with them on WhatsApp or whatever uh, way that you share these type of things, Facebook, whatever it happens to be. Um, It makes a huge difference to the podcast. It allows us to grow and impact more people. And we would really, really appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah, it is. Uh, um, we'll, we'll get into it later, but to the point of where I've watched a lot of companies have exactly those problems and hence the business you're in. Before we get there again, but okay, so senior claims consultant for another company, contracts engineer for another company as well. This is before you started your own business. And um, uh, so that's where you saw. So you say within your bio um, in respect that uh, you worked, uh, you, you're on the dark side now. Me, myself, is prominently, I used to start in uh, communications and so forth and uh, media. And uh, then I moved into the construction industry and uh, from the resource construction side. And I used to say that was moving to the dark side. But okay then, so what did you see on the dark side? What were some of the things that you did see that did move you into um, being able to help contractors now? Mm. It, it, so there's, you know, there's a lot of, perspectives are are interesting right so and it sometimes from the client side the perspective of the contractors they're always chancing their arm they're always trying to get you know blah 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 and the the perspective from the the contractor side to the client or the subcontractor is that you know the client is just you know will do me over will is is intentionally trying to put me out of business or doesn't want to pay me or um and so you know it's not really binary. It's not black or white, right? It's a continuum. Sometimes it's, some, you know, it, it's so the truth lies somewhere in between there. It's not always the truth. And so really what I learned from the client side was that the contractors don't understand what happens internally, right? They don't understand that the contract is so important. No one doesn't want to pay you, right? But if, if I can get out of it, I can. Yeah, true, right? Uh, to some extent. But if you're a contractor, you've done the work and you've submitted documents uh, and everything according to the contract, exactly as the contract is, is says you have to do. Well, then internally, I can turn around and they don't understand that the person inside a client side has to take your document and present it to a contracts committee. If you're looking for a variation of some kind, right? So let's just say there's a variation or change order uh, or extension of time, and it's it's a half a million dollars, right? So internally, they have a budget approved for this contract. So let's say for you, let's say you civil works, your contract value is 1.5 million. There might be a little buffer for variations or there might not be, right? And so you have to then turn around and go to the contracts committee and say, hey, um, all right, so we've asked them to do all this additional work. The original uh, budget on, on what we have is this, and we need more money, and can you approve the more money? Uh, can you approve the more, more money, right? So that's what happens internally. 
and that's you know all those systems are in oracle and in slap potentially or whatever the systems are and it needs to be done in a specific way that needs to get the approvals all done and so the contractor is just saying oh why can't you just approve it why can't you like what's going on why can't you just approve it the thing is if you submitted a bad document to me and i have to turn around and present this bad document to this contracts committee right i'm going to look like an idiot because you haven't complied with the contract so they're going to say have they complied with the contract no um, have they broken down the costs? No. Okay. Are you sure that this is the right cost? Mm, I guess not. Therefore, it's rejected. And so that's the actual process. So if you understand that that is the process that's happening behind the scenes, and you understand that the person that's going to have to deal with this is the guy that you're dealing with, it's, if you can give him documentation that is of a quality where he can turn around and present that straight away without even having to do anything himself, well, then it makes everything so much better and that's the perspective shift that a lot of these contractors need to understand so a lot of these guys will have project managers doing the contract stuff as a side hustle to their regular job and so what does that lead bad documentation being submitted um, not com uh, complying with the contract because the project manager got a they've got a job to do they got a job to deliver and so they don't do the paperwork properly which means the variation doesn't get approved which means your cash flow is is in a bad situation and there you go and you saw a lot of that so of course you moved into uh, quantum contract solutions so into your own business so you saw a lot of that going on you obviously did what was one of the bad examples that you know maybe at the top of your mind back then because it's not easy for anyone to start their own business and get into it you have to be inspired basically mm -hmm. to do it it can take a lot of work to get there just to just to start a lot of investment as well um and then you've got to you know to the point of being uh people to actually listen to you and get mm -hmm. your um you know to get your uh value across and so forth to um what you're uh, trying to sell to them um and also to be able to help them and that's you know the main reason why a lot of us are in business today and it, it should be a great value is to be able to help people so what what was the thing that really inspired you to go all right i'm going to start my own business here and start a company so it, it was it was it, so i was 15 years doing doing working on on the client side on various different projects and i think it got to the stage where i was like my granddad wouldn't be happy with me doing this because there was just so many construction companies going out of business like all the time or losing money or like have, have the amount of conversations i had where they're like I'm losing money on this project. I'm losing money. I can't blah, 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 you know? And I'm like, hey, like, here's what you need to do to get paid. Please just do this. Please give us this document. Please, like, I'm always begging them. Please, like, help me out with your quality of your documentation. I need X, Y, and Z in there. If you don't, there's nothing I can do. And so it was just like over and over and over. And eventually the, you know, there was a straw that broke the camel's back, um, you know, which is probably, sorry, there wasn't a straw that broke, it was just the, the amount of them is eventually like, I can't do this anymore. You know, I'm, I'm, I felt like I'm putting these guys out of business. Um, and then, you know, and I, I have the ability to understand the insides of these companies to help them navigate what they need to do. Is that a challenge? Because of course I've looked at, I've got to ask you because, uh, if you might have noticed, I'm looking at your LinkedIn profile and people might be going to it now in that respect, but looking at your LinkedIn profile and some of the companies that you have worked for before. So with you saying that, um, uh, do you find it's a little bit of an offshoot? Do you find it um, at all challenging listing those companies that you used to work for? If you 
perceive them as a dark side? Well, it's, it's uh, you know, I mean, people can just look at my LinkedIn, um, which, is, <laughs> which is fine. But I did work for a consultancy for as a, as a, as a direct director for a while. And I worked for lots of different companies within that consultancy. So they seconded you to a company to work in there as an, as an expert. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't really matter because it's not a tight. I mean, there are there are tier one construction companies that are quite hostile. Right. And a lot of this is, is intentional. Um, but majority of companies are not, it's not that they have a, a, an intention to do this stuff. It's just that they have, they're so big that they have a governance system in place that you, they need to go, Hey, okay, well, let's just, let's just take a box. Did they comply with the contract? No, rejected. And so it's not, it's not a feelings thing. It's not a relationship thing. It's, there's a box to tick. Did they comply? They didn't. So it's rejected, full stop. That's just it. It's just a system that's been developed. 